What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Drop Into the Heart. I hope you're enjoying the the rebrand and the refresh and uh, just the energy that this uh, podcast hopefully is providing to you, the listener. I really appreciate the community that's being built around this podcast, the growth of the podcast, just how much the podcast has taught me about who I am and just how much I've learned from the incredible guests and uh, excited to continue doing more of these solo casts so that I can share more of my journey and what I'm going through. And I have a really, really exciting, I don't know, story. I guess it's my life story up over the last couple of years. And it's really my journey of becoming an entrepreneur. And so if you're an entrepreneur uh, or somebody who is uh, a creator, a visionary, uh, focused on building something that's here to impact the world. And yeah, I think you'll get a lot out of this uh, out of this episode. So thanks for being here. Uh, before I dive in, I want to share uh, just a little bit about the upcoming retreat. And this will all make more sense as we dive into this conversation today. Uh, September 2nd to the 7th, I'm hosting a river rafting retreat. It is an absolutely one-of-a-kind, unique experience. And basically went on this rafting retreat, a rafting experience with this company called Adrift a couple of years ago. Uh, both the owners of that company were on the trip with us. It was one of the last ones of the year, the last permits of the year. And I had this vision, uh, and this was before the Heart Collective was even formed. It was just an idea of doing retreats on this river. It's the Green River that goes through... Gates of Lador and Dinosaur National Monument in uh, Utah, Colorado border. And I just, I've been doing a lot of deep work. If you've been following me or listening to this podcast, you know, I've, you know, done everything from breath work, uh, yoga, plant medicine, um, all this deep internal work on myself and all these different experiences to help facilitate that healing journey. And nothing has quite impacted me like this uh, river. It's an expedition. We go four days, three nights, and um, basically spoke to Adrift about, you know, potentially partnering with them on the opportunity to host a retreat. And we did our first one last year, and this is going to be our second one this year. And it's just evolved so much. And there's just so much power in the stillness that is experienced out on the river. And one of the the new visions that I'll speak to today about the Heart Collective is and how it has been revealed to us that our focus is supporting heart-led leaders who are focused on bringing their visions and their creations, their businesses to impact the world in a positive way. And what we've recognized is leading from the heart is something that's so rare in our society and our culture that those who are doing it a new way may feel isolated alone or challenged by taking on the world alone. And one of the things that we're passionate about is building community to support other heart-led leaders who are doing um, this incredible work in all the wide variety of ways. This can mean you're, you're trying to be a better leader in your family as a father, as a mother, or a teacher, or an athlete, or a business owner, or a, an executive, or somebody within the business Wherever you feel called to lead from the heart in your life, then this community is built for you and this experience is built for you. So I wanted to share with you, uh, September 2nd to the 7th, you can go to the link in the show notes to access more information about it, but there's only 20 spots available. And the really cool thing about this is there's already some amazing people signed up, amazing heart-led leaders doing a wide variety of big things in their lives and what you'll receive from this trip is not only the stillness, because I know for firsthand experience, which I'll be sharing today in this podcast, is that when you have a big vision and it's not 100% clear and you have to build it in one step at a time, um, as an entrepreneur, it can be really um, not only isolating, but it can be a lot, a lot of doing. And what I've found in uh, the opportunity to find stillness, to disconnect from you know, our phones, technology, and just really be out in mother nature, I've received the most clarity, these insightful revelations of what I should be doing. And 
It allows me an opportunity to let go of the things that may be getting in the way as well. You know, whether it's a resistance, a limiting belief, a block, a fear. And so we'll be doing this work together and uh, with other heart-led leaders. Um, so there's a lot of focus on creating uh, a container of really incredible individuals sharing their hearts and sharing their lessons and their learnings and really connecting on a deep level while also really coming back home to the self. If that's something you're interested in, go check it out. It's uh, There'll be a link in the show notes. You can go to heartcollective.org slash retreats and uh, all the information's in there. And yeah, I'm excited to share kind of all the clarity that's come through for me and just a little bit more about my entrepreneurial journey. So like I said, if you're uh, looking to become an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur on any uh, spot in your journey, uh, I know that you'll get a lot out of this conversation and uh, just some of the lessons I've learned and the journey I've been on. But before we get started, let's go ahead and drop into the heart, into our hearts together with a little meditation and a few breaths. So wherever you're at, if you have the opportunity to find stillness, you can just take a seat, you can close your eyes. If you're driving or walking, you can just really connect with the energy, the stillness, and then drop into your heart to connect with this space. So as you begin to find some stillness, wherever you're at in life, whatever you may be moving through, allow it to just be coming back into this present moment. Again, connecting with your body, noticing any sensations that arise. Bring your awareness to your breath. Notice how your breath, your body is breathing right now. Notice the rhythm, the inflow and outflow of air. Notice the journey as it goes into your lungs and expands your chest or belly. Now it's released. Bringing gratitude to the breath. like the umbilical cord connecting us to everything around us. Breathing in the outer world and breathing out the inner world. I want you to begin directing that breath into your heart. See if you can feel the energy, the intelligence of this beautiful energy center and beautiful muscle. See if you can feel the beat of your heart. See if you can feel the state of your heart in this moment. Does it feel open, constricted, loving, joyful, grateful? Does it feel resistant, hurt, alone? And just noticing. And as you breathe into your heart, I want you to imagine it opening. Imagine a light beginning to shine out from it. Imagine that this light is filled with love, with freedom, with joy. I want you to notice what it feels like as this light shines from your heart and begins to radiate throughout your entire body. Just notice how that feels. gratitude to yourself, to your heart. I 
May you bring this openness to this conversation, to this experience of life and out into the world as you navigate the journey ahead. Know that you are not alone. Know that there is something that lives deep within your hearts that is guiding you, supporting you. And sometimes all we have to do is listen. Let's take a few breaths together before we start. Breathing into the heart. Start with a deep breath in through the nose. A long, slow exhale at the mouth. Again, deep breath in. And release. One more deep breath in through the nose. And let it go. Noticing how you feel, noticing if there's any state shift during that little visualization meditation. I appreciate you going through that with me. Know that you have access to that any moment throughout your day to just if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel heightened, if you feel triggered. Remember that you have the power to slow down and just breathe. Longer exhales actually allows you to drop into a parasympathetic nervous system state. And uh, I won't go too much into that, but just remember, take longer exhales and inhales and you will calm your nervous system. Just a really important tool with navigating this crazy journey of life. All right. Oh, I'm so excited to, to, to share. I have so much to share today. And just, I don't know if you all are feeling it, but this the rapid growth that has been happening in my life and those around me is absolutely insane. I feel like I'm saying it all the time. It's like, oh man, I'm learning so much. I'm growing so much. And just feels this last month has been particularly potent in my life. And there's just a lot moving, a lot changing. Uh, I feel like there's a huge collective shift happening. And then uh, just these like smaller shifts in my own life that are happening. And I know they're happening to prepare me for uh, the journey ahead. And yeah, so I wanted to share my journey with the Heart Collective as an entrepreneur and take you on this uh, really incredible two plus three, almost three years, uh, this journey of the Heart Collective, starting it as a business community and then just some of the lessons I've learned and uh, culminating in uh, what happened uh, very recently with some clarity that's come through about our mission and our vision and um, how we are showing up to be of service as a community and it's, it's really cool because it's revealed uh, something that feels so obvious now, but it's been the, the real thing I've been looking for for the last three years uh, to really help make this thing click. So I want to start when, you know, most of you probably know my journey, but, you know, I played in the, in the NFL for eight years. And when I retired, I uh, traveled in a van for uh, almost two years, really just on a self-discovery journey, a healing journey. Uh, went through a huge ego death, uh, identity crisis, all of that. I've talked plenty about that. And, you know, towards the end of my football career, I always wanted to be a coach. And then towards the end of my football career, after playing 16 years of football, my life, uh, I kind of got footballed out. And part of the reason is I, I, I decided I didn't want to be a coach. And I wanted to give my go at being an entrepreneur and building a business and being involved in business. And I didn't grow up with this vision. It kind of came to me after realizing that I desired to have a, a, an impact in the world. I felt this calling to have an impact in the world. And I didn't know exactly what that looked like, but I knew that being a coach, uh, I could have an impact on you know, 15, 20, 50, 100 guys, whoever's on the team, I could have an impact on those and on those guys as a, as a football coach, but there was, you know, it's a small opportunity to really impact uh, a small amount of people. And I realized that with business, I could 
you know, the potential to have an impact is, is um, infinite, really. I could have a much bigger impact by building a business, building something that inspires possibility in the hearts of others. And so I had no idea about business, what that involves. So I started reading all these books and I learned a lot. But most of the books, the biggest thing I learned is you, in order to learn, you have to try, you have to experience and you can't learn experience through a book. And what came to me is this idea that, you know, fail fast, learn fast. And I started realizing the most successful people in the world are those who have failed more than anyone else and just kept going, kept learning and open to failures. And being a football player, an athlete, uh, my whole life, uh, I have a very strong, good, healthy relationship with fear and failure and failed plenty of times in micro ways and macro ways throughout my uh, athletic career. And so I was really excited about the journey of being an entrepreneur and learning, but there was a, there was a, a humility that had to take place, you know, being one of the best in the world at something and literally like the top 10 at my position in the world, I got to the pinnacle of my dream and when I walked away and decided to get into entrepreneurship, I literally had to start from the the ground level. And that was challenging in a lot of ways, um, but I was all about it. And so I started. And uh, for those of you that don't know, when I started traveling around in the van, I created a blog, which was my first LLC called Man Van Dog Blog. And I did that with the intention of kind of giving, like learning about business, just like starting to do things, like created an LLC, I got a little, uh, hired a branding company to create a brand for me. I uh, was able to like write off my gas mileage and different things that I did on the road as a business because I had a blog. And then I opened a Shopify store and sold, you know, man, van dog blog merchandise and t-shirts. And so I just did it to start learning. And then about my first real go at investing in business was about a year into that journey uh, I met a couple guys that started a nut butter company and they were reaching out. They shared some samples. It was the, I was doing keto at the time, uh, which is a diet that involves low carbs, high fat. If you haven't heard about it, um, I really liked it. I'm actually getting back into it now uh, in different ways. Um, a lot more, well, I won't get too deep into that. Um, but one thing I really love about it is it helps uh, immensely with my appetite control and uh, my energy levels. So they had this nut butter. It was a macadamia nut butter. It was delicious and it was, it was marketed as a keto snack. And this is before like nut butter packets were really a big thing. And it was a, like there wasn't a lot of keto snacks. And so I was like, man, this is really cool. And so they lived in Tampa. This is about half. I took a four-month break in Tampa after eight months on the road. I took a four-month break, got a new van, and then I hit the road again. During that four-month break, uh, these guys lived in Tampa and I was in Tampa. So I was like, oh, it's a synchronicity. So I ended up going into business with them, ended up investing without going too deep into this. Uh, I just was like, yeah, let's go. I just said, yes. I ended up investing uh, over $100,000 into this product. We got, you know, I think 50,000 nut butter packs all ready to sell online. We got a drop shipping uh uh, facility that helped us uh, fulfill the orders, like just learned so much about business. And one of the things I really learned most was, uh, was just building my confidence in who, who I work with and the questions I asked. I just was so ignorant in business, but I'm so grateful for that experience because I learned so much and mostly not what, what not to do. And I'm grateful that I had the money to that, you know, that, that hundred thousand dollars didn't um, impact me too much at the time. Uh, but we'll get more into how it's impacted me and my, my story with money as well. But I basically went all in on this thing, was trying to make a click, got all the back end businesses. And what I realized, you know, the missing piece was the, was the marketing piece, the sales piece. And I thought since I had a, a like 45,000 followers on Instagram, I was like, I could sell these. These people love me. They're going to, they're going to eat this stuff up. I think we got a total of like five or $6,000 in sales. Um, so long story short, that didn't work. And um, one of the hardest things with that, one of the biggest lessons was uh, uh, I held on to it. And there's, you know, it took me a while to finally like sever my connection with that. But those lessons that I learned were invaluable. Um, 
since then I got into investing. I learned a lot about not just going into business with people, but uh, really investing in, in businesses and the questions to ask. And um, yeah, it really helped, like gave me so much knowledge, that failure. And so I'm really grateful for that. I wanted to bring that in just because that's kind of the start. So then I'm traveling around the country, uh, continuing to ask the question, what now? Like, what is my purpose? Um, I wanted to create something of impact. And it came a point in 2019 when I got this vision uh, to support other former athletes in their journey that I had just gone on. I knew that if I could have had a community or a support system uh, for the transition out of pro athletics because of the challenges that I faced, uh, that would have been hugely beneficial for my journey. And there was really nothing out there like that. And the more research I did in that, it was pretty fascinating how many resources the NFL uh, quote unquote provides, but how scattered all of the resources are. There's like five different nonprofits that help the transitioning athlete. It's just very scattered and it's, you know, in the grand scheme of things with the multi-billion dollar industry that is the NFL, they, they really give minimal, minimal resources to former players. Uh, I hope that they're uh, shifting that and I don't think they're shifting it in the way that is needed. Um, but that's my own personal pers- perspective. So that's where the journey started. And oh, when I got that vision, it triggered some really deep fears and what I realized is I was being called to bring kind of this, this leadership to like lead guys that were former athletes. And just a little context there, when I was playing football, I never stepped into my full leadership capabilities. I was an incredible leader in the locker room. I was an incredible leader on the field. But anytime there was an opportunity to give a speech or talk in front of the team, like really galvanize the energy into one, every time those opportunities presented themselves, I would feel this deep trigger of fear. And I just wouldn't do it. I would play small. And these moments happened pretty consistently throughout my career. And that really held me back. And on reflection, that fear was this fear of being seen. And I had this this false idea of what leadership really was. This idea of leadership as this hierarchical structure that leadership, if I was a leader, then I would have to have it all together. I had to be perfect because if I was going to tell somebody else what to do or what they were doing wrong, then... I better damn sure have it right. And so all these things played uh, a role in me really not reaching my full potential as an athlete. And now that's my own subjective experience. Objectively, you can look at my my career and say I was pretty damn successful. Played eight years in the NFL. uh, Started in over 50 games. Just really, really accomplished a lot. But deep down, I didn't know how to step into my full potential because I was scared. And so part of me, when I left the NFL and hit the road, there was part of me that was running away from the NFL, running away from that part of myself that knew he didn't reach his fullest potential. And so just painting that picture, when I got the vision that I'm going to, I should create a community and, and support athletes in transition, that triggered this deep fear that I hadn't worked through during my career. And the universe was basically calling me back to to look at that, to look at that part of myself. And so it took me over a year to actually launch the business. I went to all these different experiences and really was looking deep within myself to look at these resistances and these blocks. And a lot of healing took place, a lot of childhood trauma that took place, a lot of um, things around my relationship with my father, things with relationship with my mother and how those affected my uh, my ability to lead. And I shared one uh, with about my mother in the podcast with Melanie Joy, if you want to check that out, uh, as a few episodes back. 
Uh, but I share the story of uh, a pretty profound experience um, that really affected my leadership journey in football. And so didn't know much about how to, how to be an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I invested in this other company, lost a lot of money. They already had kind of built it, had business partners. I was just like really relying on other people outside myself. And I felt very insecure, uh, not knowing, but I, I was always like trying to ask the right questions and stay open. And so with this vision, I, I, I started trying to talk to other athletes and see if it's something they'd be interested in. And all of these conversations I had really challenged me in a lot of ways uh, until fast forward March, 2020, uh, the pandemic happens, we get locked down and I, I meet my now wife, Sarah, and she's an incredible entrepreneur. She's been an entrepreneur her whole life. She was one of, she's the type of person that was born to be an entrepreneur. She was, she tells me stories about when she was uh, out front as a kid, like selling lemonade and, and creating little uh, trinkets to sell to the neighbors. Uh, and so she was always constantly selling stuff, trying to make money. And, you know, that was never a part of my awareness until very recently. And so remember meeting her and I was like, yeah, I have this vision uh, I want to create and want to support former athletes and um, don't really know what the next steps are. And she's like, oh, let's go. Let's create an org, org chart. I'm like, what's an org chart? She goes, well, it's your organization structure, who you need to hire, uh, what roles you need to fill, what, what are they going to be doing? And I'm like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> and it just brought up all this resistance and fear of like the unknown. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, okay, let me walk through it for you. And so she like took me through and I was like, okay, I still don't know how to implement that at all. She's like, well, let's start with hiring your first person. Whoa, that brought up a ton of fear. And this is something I see in, uh, in the world now, like a lot of people, it's so easy to start a business and it's, you know, with all the technology and all the support and all the things that we can create uh, systems and processes for ourselves. But I see a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I'm connected with, like a big first block of being an entrepreneur and building a sustainable business is that first hire. Like hiring somebody brings up so much and it brought up so much for me. It's like, well, do I have enough to delegate? Like, I, I don't really have that much to do. What will I give them? And another story is like, well, if I hire somebody, then that means I'm responsible for them. And that's going to make me have to commit even more to this vision because then I'm somebody else is relying on me. And there's a plenty of other stories. And I'm sure if you've been on this journey, you can, uh, you can feel into those yourself of all the resistance that comes in with your first hire. And I just had no idea, like being an athlete my entire life, I've never actually had a real job. So I didn't even know how much to pay somebody. What, what's like a, like a fair salary? Um, what do people do? What are different roles? I didn't know much about operations, marketing, uh, sales, like all of these things. I'm like, what, like, what do I, how do I lead somebody if I have no idea what they're supposed to be doing? <laughs> oh, this is all crazy talking about this. And so, um, you know, grateful for Sarah. She's like, okay, next thing you need to do is put a start date on the calendar, pick a date that you're going to launch this thing. And I was like, okay, so I, you know, my, my fearful side of myself decided all right, if I'm going to put something on the calendar, I'm going to put it far enough away where I'm not going to feel stressed out. So I put it three months on the calendar, uh, three months away from that time I picked it. And it's so fascinating, like five or six weeks before the launch date, maybe a month before uh, I go to Sarah and I'm like, hey, uh, I got to push the launch date back. You know, we don't have any members. We don't have any traction. It's, it's you know, it's not working. Uh, maybe I'll wait a little bit. And she said, no, that's your fear talking. You just pick the launch date. You just got to start. You just got to start. It's got to go. You're going to learn as you go. And I'm like, okay, you're right. You're right. That's just my resistance. So I stuck with it. And I'm really grateful. That was a huge lesson of just starting and going and not just ideating forever. And I've already been ideating for like over a year. And so that start date came. I ended up, it created a sense of urgency. I talked to a few different athletes. I ended up getting, I think, two or three guys at that point to join the community, which was, I think, like $100 or $200 a month. And, um, and so I was like, oh yeah, like we got these founding members, like this is great and started the journey. And over the, the, the preceding, the, the, the following like year and a half, uh, I just kept going like step after step, 
getting outside my comfort zone. I started doing these, you know, these, these weekly calls, started creating content for them, started connecting with them. And I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, then my, my wife, Sarah's like, okay, now it's time to hire somebody. And just going to give a shout out to her. This is her zone of genius is, is really building teams and building culture. And it's what she's done uh, through her old company, Grow My Team, and now her tech platform, which is called growmotely.com. And there'll be a link in the show notes. If you're an entrepreneur looking to hire or you're somebody looking for uh, aligned culture conscious work and leadership, check out growmotely.com because Sarah's Zona Genius is building teams and helping people hire people uh, from around the world. And so naturally she's like, okay, let's find you somebody to take, you know, this, this operation side, this business building side to help support you in that. And I'm like, okay, let's do that thing. And end up going through the, finding two people through her amazing platform that uh, filters basically all these incredible candidates, got to a point where I interviewed two of them. I had no idea the interview process. I never interviewed anybody. I didn't even know what I was going to be having them do for me. Uh, and so I was like, Sarah, can you sit on these interviews with me and, and help me out? And she's like, yeah. So I had Sarah sit on these interviews with me and I didn't even really talk during the interviews. Sarah basically handled the whole conversation, asked a few questions, and she really helped me through the entire process. Ended up hiring this girl from the Philippines and you know, started delegating, started talking to her and just having these conversations. And that was really challenging because I had never done that before. But I learned so much by just being vulnerable and just going for it. Um, with that particular hire, after about a month working with her, it just didn't feel aligned. There was, you know, without going too deep into it, she um, was late for a call and then she missed another call entirely. And so I had a conversation with her and I was like, hey, this is like one of the things we just need to like have open communication. Just let me know if you're not going to make it or how we can build this thing around uh, your schedule. And she ended up missing another call or was late for another call. So I ended up letting her go uh, about a month after hiring her. And uh, Sarah, who is an incredible entrepreneur who's been doing this for a while, she really uh, validated me in that experience because she said one of the biggest things that uh, new entrepreneurs uh, struggle with is, you know, hiring slow and firing fast. And it's really just around an alignment piece. And I recognize that this, this woman from the Philippines um, wasn't that she wasn't capable, it's just the energy wasn't in alignment because, you know, for me, it was this trust and transparency and she was kind of breaking that by not showing up on time. And so there was the ability to let go of her was actually reflected back to me from Sarah, very uh, incredible. And it takes entrepreneurs a while to learn that. So that made me feel good. So then after that experience, I was like, man, I really, I realized how much having somebody uh, help me build this thing, how much that took off my plate. And so I was like, okay, I'm really excited about hiring somebody that's in alignment. So let's do this thing again. So end up putting the job posting back up and was really kind of patient with um, hiring somebody that uh, really was in alignment. And it took me, I think, another two or three months uh, until finally met this incredible businesswoman, uh, Kristen, and ended up hiring her. And uh, she, I'm so, so incredibly grateful for her because she had a lot of experience in startups and she just came from a business that uh, for from the past 10 years that she helped grow from being one of the first employees into a pretty successful business. And I was a little bit intimidated, but the cool thing, the growth from the first set of interview process to this one, Sarah didn't need to sit in the interview process with me. I went in there, I handled it all with confidence. I ended up hiring this woman on my own and we went into business together. And the following year with her, we kept, you know, trying to, you know, put different things in place and we built the foundation of a business. And over that year ended up um, growing immensely in my uh, ability to lead and to be an entrepreneur. I learned so much from Kristen asking her questions and, you know, continuing to refine the vision of what we're doing and helping athletes. We got to a point, I think the most members we had was like 11 or 12 members and got to a point where, you know, Kristen's salary was pretty expensive because she um, was in the U.S. and had a lot of experience. And, you know, me playing football and making quite a bit of money, I was able to hold that for a little while. And I was like, no, like I'm learning so much from you. Like, let's just keep doing this thing. And got to a point where the business wasn't really clicking. Um, with the membership, 
um, we just weren't really having any revenue coming in. And I realized I can't just fund this thing forever. Uh, I got to start making money at some point. And it took me, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's still on this journey. So <laughs> um, we're not profitable yet, but really trying to figure out how to make a sustainable business. Fast forward to about six weeks ago. So, well, let's fast forward about, let's fast forward about six. So six months ago, um, I get to a point where I confront that the, the elite athlete thing is just not working. And I realized that it's such a niche uh, subsect of the population, former pro male pro athletes. And then it's an even smaller niche of individuals who, former athletes who are interested in joining community and doing this type of work, uh, which then was like this kind of deeper self realization, self discovery work and this healing journey. And so there just wasn't a lot of people, or at least I wasn't able to find them to join and build this community and this big vision that I had. So I ended up confronting the, the end of that and got to a point where I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to just let this thing go. And I actually went into a deep process of, of grieving the loss of this business, of this vision that I had. And in that process, I ended up uh, realizing like there's an opportunity here. Maybe it's not just about athletes. Maybe it's more than just athletes. So I decided to open up the community to anyone who is, is answering the call of their heart is kind of the, the messaging that we had. Anybody that's on the spiritual path of awakening, anybody who is listening and having the courage to follow their heart. So I ended up opening up the community. In that process, I met my now co-founder, Ben Harris, and he was working on a course called Fear Alchemy. And really incredible framework actually was one of his, like I went through a couple of his, he took me through his process, his framework multiple times to help me through some of my bigger foundational fears. And it was transformative in all the best ways. I was like, man, how do we bring this to the world? How do we bring this to more people? And in that process, uh, we ended up going into business together. And I think I talk about that in a couple of different podcasts in the past. So I won't go too, too deep into the details and end up, building Fear Alchemy and uh, building this community, letting go of the elite athlete piece altogether. So over the last six months, we've been building this course, building the community, opening it up. And it was basically a complete refresh of the brand. In that process, I hired a full-time brand designer, an assistant, and a marketing director. So it went from like two or three, I think I hired my my assistant uh, pretty early on. So it went from three of us to... uh, six of us pretty quickly. And one of the big pieces was, was the marketing director, like really finding someone to, to grow and build this community and the messaging and the branding and the, and the vision. And she came on, her name's Wendy. She is an absolute rock star. Shout out to Wendy. And we basically refreshed this thing, built this course over the, I mean, it's a really high production, high value um, course that took quite a bit of time and resources to uh, build out. And end up launching that course about six, eight weeks ago. And in that process, still, still, still not clicking, still not clicking. And the course is, you know, getting to a few people, but it's just, it's not enough to sustain the business, especially now building a team of, you know, six and plus a couple contractors, a web developer. So I mean, there's six, seven, eight people that I'm paying out money to, and we're not really making any money that is covering the costs. And so I'm seeing my bank accounts starting to to go, uh, you know, from the top left to the bottom right, and that's really hard. And with such a high monthly burn rate of, you know, finances, uh, I started realizing I'm not making any money, and I'm dishing out all this investment, and that really was hard to sit with, and it's been challenging. And what it's, what it's done is it's really tested my faith in this bigger vision that's been gifted to me. And I really, one of the most challenging things I ever had to confront was, when do I realize that this is blind stupidity of just throwing money down the drain and actually something that is, you know, here and is an actual vision and it's, it's going to click. And so I was, I really like had so much faith in this vision and then it started getting really shaky. I started questioning my faith, my resolve. And that's the funny thing about faith, right? Faith is actually always being tested and it's always being tested in bigger and bigger ways. And throughout this journey, I'm really grateful because I've learned so much about myself. The Heart Collective has literally taught me 
about who I am in such a profound way. And that's one of the, the things I love about being an entrepreneur is the business is a mirror back to me of where I am restricting the, the business, where I have a story around money, around abundance, around scarcity, where my ability to lead is being tested constantly, my ability to share the vision and to pivot and to create new things. So it's literally being an entrepreneur, in my opinion, is the most radical, acute journey of self-discovery if you're really open to it and use it in that way. And so got to a point where um, really wasn't, Fear Alchemy wasn't clicking, community wasn't clicking. And we're, I just feel like we're so close, so close to making a click. But now at this point, I'm like, I, I got to put a timeline on this thing. And I can't just fund this thing forever now with all these employees. And so really hard decisions started confronting and coming to my mind. And I'm like, whoa, this is heavy. How do I deal with this? And about two months ago, my ops manager, Kristen, who has really helped me build this thing from the bottom up and has taught me so much about business and, excuse me, um, taught me so much about business, how to build a business, what to do, how to lead. And she's just, just, just like a true, true partner in this thing. She ends up telling me one day, hey, Joe, I'm going to have to resign. And for some reason, I was okay with that. And the reason I was okay with that because she wasn't resigning to go get a different job. She wasn't resigning because she didn't believe in me or the vision anymore. She was resigning because she wanted to focus on being a mom. And she had two kids that were growing older and her whole life has been focused on business. And by supporting me, and building this vision of the Heart Collective and being involved in a community and all the content we're creating around helping people on this path of awakening and healing and growth. She was healing and growing through that process as well. And she got to a point where she realized, wow, I'm actually building something to help support other people in a decision that I'm actually going through to be a more present mother and focus on that. And I'm just, I'm so blown away. Uh, at her courage and her ability to make that hard decision for herself. And if she would have resigned a moment sooner, even a week before, a couple weeks before, a month before, I would have been absolutely devastated if she would have resigned any point during this journey. Because for those of you that are entrepreneurs or building a business, the operations manager, director is, at least in my journey and my perspective right at this moment, is the most important piece of a business. She was literally running the business for me. And she was she was helping uh, manage all the tasks, project management, like delegating all the things so I could focus on just being a visionary. And so I was so grateful for her because she took so much of that, the business stuff off of my plate and allowed me to be included so I could learn. And she got to a point where she, you know, she had to make a hard decision for herself. And when she told me that, I didn't feel worried at all. And I really want to like speak to that because I was, I was actually amazed that I was okay with it. It was almost as if I knew this was happening for a reason. I knew this is happening for a reason. And I trusted that. And so I was like, okay, I really appreciate you. We'll give, you know, I think she worked for like four to six weeks to help us get the course across the finish line and all the things that were working. And so tying up all the loose ends and I was like, okay, this is literally the most important role. And we got to call in uh, the person that's going to fill this role and be in alignment and take this business to the next level and really help us make a click. And so end up putting another job posting on growmotely.com. And this is just another shout out to Growmotely because I found my marketing director, Wendy, who lives in South Africa. She came through Growmotely too. And that's just a whole other story of how uh, we found each other, which is really beautiful. But this, the, spe the specialness of this of this platform that Sarah has created is truly, truly incredible. Finding uh, aligned, high level, conscious uh, talent uh, remotely and globally—it's just incredible. So I put the job posting up, and it's really cool because it's automated. Some people apply, and I remember seeing this guy come through. His name's Chris, and I look at his uh, initial. Um, application. And I 
and he answers a few of the questions and I'm just blown away and I feel this like energy connection to him. I'm like drawn in. I'm like, man, I feel like this is like a guy. I don't know if this is like the role or whatever, but I feel like for some reason, I feel like I'm going to be working with this guy. So we go through the interview process and really patient with it and end up interviewing, I think four or five people. And Chris really quickly becomes, you know, the top candidate. And I end up having these conversations with them. Just really like, you know, if, if, if I'm hiring a junior level position, which is we're, we're in the process of hiring a junior level person to help with the marketing. If I'm hiring a junior level position, it's, it's, it's really a lot different than hiring like the operations director because this person is not only going to be like the leader of the company, one of the leaders, but also like project management, managing everything. Like he's literally the guy that's building the business. And so I wanted to really take my time and make sure this is the right person. Had multiple calls with him. End up hiring him about five weeks ago. And this is the, the first week of July. I just, I don't know when this episode's going to come out. So uh, yeah, early, early June. First week of June, maybe last week of May, I end up hiring him. And he comes in really quickly, starts getting a pulse on. Uh, I mean, he really is aligned with the vision. He's like, man, there's something here and it's cool on his reflection. And maybe I'll get him on this podcast at some point, but he just felt this call within his heart to join and he trusted that, um, which is a cool little side note of what the Heart Collective and you know what it's always been and what it's continuing to reveal to us. But that's kind of the journey we're getting into now. So I'm going to share that story. So he felt the call within his heart, like this is something special. I don't really know why, but I feel like I have to do this. So we end up working it out. I hire him and he comes in and he starts, you know, getting a pulse on the business, where we're at, what's the system, what's the process, what's the culture, and just really coming through everything. And one of the things, this is really why I wanted to share this story with all of you and on this podcast is these next, you know, the rest, the rest of the show. This is, this is the juiciness. So he comes in and instead of coming in with like a normal, probably typical energy of somebody new with fresh eyes and telling us, you know, this is what I see. This is what, this is what I see. This is what you need to fix. This is where you can streamline some stuff. This is where you can clean up the systems and processes on the back end. Uh, This is kind of the people you need to hire. Instead of getting into real masculine doing energy to fix things and figure it out, he did something radically different. And through this process that he offered us, I mean, man, the profundity, it's, it's hard to put into words. It's not only changed my life personally, I know it's changed everybody on this team, but it's revealed to us not only the vision of the Heart Collective, but an entirely new way of doing business. And that's what I'm most excited about, is building not just something that can be of service, but doing it in a new way. And what I found in businesses, talking to a lot of really successful entrepreneurs, business owners, and just even on the outside looking in, there's a lot of companies out here in the world that are showing up to be of service in a big way. Like they have this vision, this desire to change the world. And what I see and what I witness is their their mission outward facing is to change the world but they're not really embodying the change they want to see within their culture and within their business and within their leadership. And that is because I don't think it's ever been done in a new way. There's kind of the structure of how business is done and how you lead and how you show up and how you build a team and what's the next step and sales and profit. And we got to make money in order to serve more. And so what I see is a lot of companies that are showing up like we're here to help. We're here to build something of impact but they're not fully embodying it in their culture. And so for Chris to come in and to really be like, hey, I have this thing I want to take us through as a leadership team and it's it's going to be different and I want to run it by you. I'm like, okay. And at this point, I'm starting to see my bank account really start taking a dip because of you know all the costs of all these employees I've hired. And I'm like, man... Uh, First thing I got to share is like, this is where we're at, full transparency. And I can't fund this forever at this point. So we're going to have to make it work at some point. It's like, okay, how long do you have? I'm like, okay, I got, I got three months runway. Three months uh, until, and if it's not clicking, then we're going to have to really have a, a hard conversation around whether or not we're going to pull the plug. And he's like, okay. And so instead of feeling that sense of urgency and be like, all right, let's get to work. 
what he did is said, I think we need to reconnect with the essence of the heart collective. We need to reconnect with the energy, that initial vision that came through to you. And I know it's no longer about athletes, but what was the thing that came through? What was that thing? Like we need to reconnect with that and the rest will work itself out. I was like, okay, because he knew it hasn't been clicking. He's like, why isn't it clicking? It's like, it's so close. All this stuff you're building is amazing, but it's just, it's not hundred percent there yet. It's not clicking. It's like, okay, we got three months runway. Let's do this thing. So he's like, what I propose is we do three weeks of just connecting as a leadership team. Leadership team is Chris, the operations director, Wendy, my marketing director, Ben, co-founder and creative director, and then me, CEO. So there's us four on the leadership team. So he proposes, we're going to do two hour and a half calls a week for three weeks. And what we're going to do is we're just going to connect with the essence and we're going to brainstorm. And I have some different prompts and exercises that take us through that are going to help guide us. So there'll be structure to it, but it really is just reconnecting with the essence of the heart collective. I'm stoked about it. Like, all right, let's go. I trust you. And um, let's give it a go. I think that's really smart. So during these, during these sessions, I mean, basically the, we, we opened a ceremony, the first, the first session, um, by taking a few breaths together, similar to how I open these podcasts, take a few breaths together. We check in with how we're feeling and I guide us all through a, a visualization, a meditation to reconnect with the energy of the heart collective. And at some point I will be creating those guided meditations. If you're a business owner and you want to bring your team uh, or your leadership team, or even just go through it personally to help you reconnect with the essence of uh, what you're doing. Or if you have a question, uh, there's something really amazing that happens when you can slow down and and visualize and connect with the psyche, the inner world. And so end up bringing us all collectively, the leadership team, through that process. And basically we expanded out and really just opened up a sharing circle for us all to brainstorm together. And that over the course of the three weeks, it, it got more fine-tuned, more fine-tuned. We showed up every, every time we had a scheduled call and we just, we opened the space, connected with the vision, what, is, what wants to come through. And we just radically just brainstormed. And I'm so grateful for Chris because he had such amazing prompts, such amazing structure, but we also opened it up. And one of the things during this first initial meditation we went through, I guided us basically through this beautiful visualization, we ended up landing in front of a tree. And my marketing director, you know, we sat in front of this tree and we said, okay, this tree is the heart collective. What does the heart collective have to share? What is it offering? Connecting to the heart collective as its own energy source, which it definitely has, and its own entity. And so we sit in front, we communicate with the heart collective. And my, my marketing manager, Wendy, she says, it's just telling me to sit here. It's just telling me to sit here and be. It's like, okay. Okay, we can do that. And so we just we sat next to the tree for three weeks. And I know that might be hard to understand, but it's basically continuing to receive. So we opened up this, this more feminine energy rather than the traditional business mindset of real masculine, real doing, real showing up, like bottom line, profit, moving, 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 figure it out. Let's go. We got to make a click. Or we're going to move on. We really did something radically different. We just, we just sat next to the tree. We opened up and we listened. And in that process of listening, it be, continued to be revealed to us. And we tracked all these notes and did all these mind maps and brainstorms and all these different things that just got all of the energy onto, into the computer and took all these notes. It was a really beautiful process. And it all culminated with a conversation with my ops manager after three weeks, right before we were going into the call, literally the day before we're going into the call where we were going to call in the sacred masculine and start putting all of this into a structure and action. And I'll never forget, he looked at me and said, Joe, so we're so close. Like it's right there. We're talking about like, what's this community for? What is the shared purpose? That's the thing that we got to that over the last two years, why it hasn't been clicking is because we haven't had that shared purpose. Like, why are people joining this community? What's the shared purpose? So we're talking about like freedom, sovereignty, uh, healing, growth, 
like kind of all these nebulous concepts. He said, yeah, but that, that's not quite it. Like there's something, it's something there. And finally, I said something that radically changed everything. But in a paradoxical way, it wasn't super profound. It was almost too obvious. And what I said was, what about heart-led leadership? And he sat with it. And then I sat with it. And it felt like it just clicked. And it was almost hard to even take it much further than that because it wasn't this big like, oh my God, we found the thing. It was like, oh, that that feels like that's what it's always been. Could it, could it be that simple? Could it be that easy? We're the heart collective and we're here to support heart-led leaders and bringing their visions to life and doing it in a different way. And the more I sat with it, the more he sat with it, it just felt so right. So I sat with it the, the, the following day and ended up uh, during our, our, our call where we're going to bring this all into action mode. I ended up sharing it with the rest of the leadership team. And it just was coming through like boom, 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 like hitting on all levels. And then Chris shared, he's like, man, dude, I, I go through all of our notes from these, this navigation phase is what he called it. This navigation phase where we were taking all these notes and just brainstorming and, and, you know, just opening up to the information that was flowing through. I go back through with the lens of heart-led leadership. All of it fits into heart-led leadership. Everything that's been coming through. Everything that you guys have created. When you first had this vision two and a half years ago, three years ago, to help support athletes, it was about supporting heart-led leaders who want to show up and do things differently in the world, who want to help facilitate building the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible, but may feel like they're doing it alone or feel like it's so much weight to take on entire energetic infrastructures of a a way it's always been done, but really desire deeply to, to do it and drop into the heart and lead from the heart. And when it comes to leading from the heart, it's, it's really about embodying that and being on this leadership team. One, one thing I've found is that we're all doing our part to lead from the heart and we're helping support each other in that process and realizing when we're doing it from the mind, we're doing it for, uh, to make money rather than to be of service. Like all of these things were coming through like so rapidly, boom, 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 boom. And it's because we slowed down and we listened and we just sat down next to the tree. I told my leadership team, they loved it. It all started clicking. That was a week ago. And I just know in the deepest recesses of my heart that this is my purpose. This is the heart collective's purpose. This is what we're building is to support other heart-led leaders through community and through being of service. And we're, we're, we're doing things differently in, in a wide variety of ways. We're continuing to explore how we can create members of a community and not customers. So one thing we're doing is we're no longer monetizing the community directly, but we're opening it up. There's no barrier to entry except the fact that you're going to be surrounded by other heart-led leaders and we're going to create a lot of value within the community and be of service to that community. We're going to create an open gifting economy. We haven't really figured out what that looks like yet, but an opportunity if you feel called to give or gift to the community financially or energetically, we're going to create opportunities for that. But then there's going to be other ways we're going to monetize the community through courses, educational content, different uh, uh, circles and retreats and live experiences, online experiences. So we're not directly monetizing the community, which is one thing that we found is is hard to do because if you're monetizing community, then they're customers, not members. So that being said, we're we're starting a Telegram group. There'll be a link in the show notes. If you want, if you're a heart led leader and you want to be a part of this ecosystem, literally the only barrier to entry is you showing up and giving and and supporting others. And it's one of those things: the more you give, is the more you'll get out of it. And so we're creating a, a gift economy structure of people who want to show up and give and receive this wisdom and knowledge from others. And it just excites me so much to know that everything I've been building and this original vision and everybody that's been a part of it has always been about hard-led leadership. But the, the incredible thing I'm realizing is 
going back to when I first had this vision and talking a little bit more context about my leadership journey with athletics, the Heart Collective has always been about supporting heart-led leaders. But what it needed to do is teach me how to lead before it revealed that that's what it's here to do. The Heart Collective had to teach me how to lead from the heart and what it means to be a leader, which it's taught me in groves. Like I've learned so much about leadership, about myself, about who I am, about how to show up in the world, about how to trust my intuition and my instincts and do conflict resolution in a different way and be in alignment with my team and all of these different challenges that I've faced over the last two and a half years all continue to reveal that and awaken the leader within me. And it's so fucking cool to know that the Heart Collective was teaching me how to lead before it could reveal itself that that's what it's here to do is to support other heart-led leaders. This isn't about me. This isn't about me supporting you. This is about other heart-led leaders and the Heart Collective teaching all of us together how to continue to lead from the heart. Because what I've found is that the world, this is one of the most incredible times in human history to live. Like we literally, it's what a time to be alive. I mean, if you really look at it, it's, it's insanely amazing. So the systems, the things we've created as society, culture, humanity, there's nothing really inherently wrong with all the structures that we've built and the way we're doing things. What, what the world really needs to facilitate radical change is a new kind of leadership. A new kind of leader doing it in a different way. And I truly believe the more heart-led leaders there are, like really truly leading from the heart, learning how to lead from the heart. And the thing about leading from the heart is it's, it's not something you can really learn. You have to drop into it. And in, in that process of dropping into it, there's a, a natural healing that needs to take place, a natural growth, a natural letting go of the programming or the things or the resistances or the living beliefs, a reconnection to self. So all of the self-development, self-realization, spiritual development, spiritual maturity, all of these things it takes to lead from the heart, those things we can support each other in. Because it takes, it takes a lot of work to get out of the mind and drop into the heart and to take on an old way of leading with this new heart-led way. We don't have to do it alone. We can do it together. And that's what the Heart Collective is all about. And I'm excited to be on this journey with all of the members that are already here and everybody that feels called to build a more beautiful world. You are not alone. You are not alone. I'm stoked to be on this journey with you. And all of this is so fresh. All of it is so new. But I know deep in my heart that this is how I'm being called to show up and how I, I see so many people in my life and my communities. What is shared is the people who are, are showing up who really want to build a more beautiful world. They're learning to lead from the heart. They're discovering and remembering how to lead from the heart. And that's what the Heart Collective is here to do, is to bring those collective of people together in order to facilitate discussions, conversations, to facilitate experiences, to bring those type of people together so that we all can expand together and bring this medicine to the world and inspire possibility. I'm so, so freaking stoked. I'm so freaking stoked. Man, I have so much to share around this, but this is just like kind of what's coming through. Uh, I wanted to share how we're doing things differently and I'm just so grateful for Chris. Shout out to you, brother, for bringing this and trusting the process, trusting yourself, leading from the heart. Still a lot of work ahead. I feel like we're just getting started. And um, yeah, a lot of, lot of implementation. We went from the navigation phase into implementation. And uh, I want to shout out Ben Harris, co-founder, for bringing your medicine and your leadership into this vision as well. And same with Wendy. Um, thank you so much. You guys are all incredible souls. And everybody else that's involved with the, with the Heart Collective uh, Katie, Christian, Alex, um, 
and all the future uh, team members that come on and, and future uh, community members. We're just getting started. There's a lot of implementation. There's a lot of questions still. There's a lot of discovery. And we have really big visions with how we're going to continue to to find ways to do things differently. And yeah, I'm so stoked. And I would love to go on the journey with you if this is something that resonates with you. Uh, check out heartcollective.org. We're still kind of refreshing the brand, refreshing the website. We do have a Telegram group started and we'd love to start growing that and getting people involved. It is free. Uh, if you feel called to gift, there's opportunities for that as well. Share with your friends. And um, again, we have our upcoming River Rafting Retreat, 20 spots available, going to be incredible heart-led leaders there, all supporting one another and doing things a different way. And we're doing it on a river in an expedition. It's going to be one hell of an adventure. I would love to see you there. Dates are September 2nd to the 7th. And uh, all the information is on the website. Go check it out. I love y'all. And ooh, I am so freaking stoked about the journey ahead. I hope you got something out of this podcast. I would love to hear from you on the Telegram channel. Reach out to me, reach out to the community, and uh, we're in this together. I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace.